to what we promised to be an intense episode of the Broadway Bulletin. We have the privilege of seeing some timely, important, and powerful shows that we are featuring on this episode. So without further ado, let's hear about our first show. To begin our show, we attended the final show of MCC's 21-22 season with the play Soft. This was a true masterpiece. An absolutely beautiful work of art. Uh, This was brilliantly, brilliantly written. And if it weren't for the fact that we had COVID, I would have gone back and seen it again. Um, The set was so gorgeous. It was a simple, rundown classroom surrounded by a garden. Okay. Now, this classroom is in a juvenile prison. Okay. Okay. Um, So that's why it looked the way it did. And it was an English class. And it would switch between that and the principal's office. Okay. And I want want to start, before I even dive into the story, which was the most amazing part, I want to start by addressing the design elements. So the sound design was perfect, and it was beautiful. It added the perfect amount of background sound. Okay. When it was needed, especially for the final scene. Um, just hearing this beautiful garden that, oh, it's just gorgeous. The lighting was amazing. I love the flickering fluorescence to give you that, you know, the institutional feel. And I love the soft, warm colors being added uh, from below. So, like, floor lighting and the way it was, like, mirrored. I'm noticing new lighting instruments. The, mm-hmm. that, and then they may not be new, but I'm noticing them. So the lights that they use and they reflect with the mirror to mirror it up. Mm-hmm. So that, or they light from the floor down. I mean, it was just the way the colors flooded the stage was really beautiful. Oh, I love that. The acting was so, so phenomenal. I love the dynamic uh, characters that existed, that were created. You just, it was well balanced. They weren't all the same. Everyone was completely different, and it made up this hodgepodge of what you would imagine a classroom full of people, kids of color. Okay. Um, And they were, like, fully realized characters. Right, right. Um, You had, you know, you had a queer black kid. You had a Hispanic kid who was dealing with issues of drugs in his family. You had a kid dealing with violence and uh, fatherhood. You had like the inner artist kid. You had a kid with buried issues that nobody knew about, but a good kid on the whole, with like in the wrong place at the wrong time. Mm-hmm. Um, you had the kid that was really, really smart, but also still kind of a bad egg. You know, he just kept making those silly mistakes, but he was super smart, you know. Then you had the teacher who almost was one of them but his brother took the fall. That now he's here teaching. Okay, okay, so that kind of sets us up for the And then story. you have the principal that's just, you know, under pressure and all just, Right, you know, kind of what you'd expect for, like, an inner city school. Keep him off the pipe, keep him off the pole, and everything's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, I love the key issues that were addressed by this show. Um, and I'm going to get into that. One of the first ones it addressed was the preschool to prison pipeline. The fact that, like I said, the teacher, the principal says, you know, you were going to be here, but 
if it weren't for someone like me making sure that maybe you didn't end up here, you know. And again, these are all kids of color. They're already in the correction system before they're 13, 14, 15. They don't know any better. Mm -hmm. It's that preschool to prison pipeline. Um, it, it addressed homosexuality in the black community. Mm -hmm. Which a lot of shows I've seen have because that smart kid that tries to do right, he ends up committing suicide. Mm. And it's over homosexual feelings. He mm. didn't... F and... and Nobody would understand it. He confides in the teacher, and the teacher didn't know what to do, and he tried to tell the principal. The principal wouldn't let the teacher get words out. He's like, no, we're just doing the review of the students if you're going to pass or fail. And then his best friend, who was the artist, also, they were, like, in a relationship. Okay. And um, he does, you know, it's all about dealing with the idea of, like, being on the DL. But the thing is, the one that committed suicide is HIV positive. Oh. Which is why he hung himself. Yeah. So it deals with all that. <clears throat> and it also brings up the idea of a generation of men of color expected to raise themselves because their fathers are locked up or killed. Mm -hmm. Which we've seen a show like Thoughts of a Color Man talking mm -hmm. about that issue. How can we expect a whole generation of, of children of color yeah. to be raised the right way when they don't have anyone to look to. True. They don't have anyone to raise them because we've locked them up or killed them. Mm -hmm. You know, that what, a, what an unrealistic expectation. Um, and I love that, like I said, it addressed suicide and, the, you know, how we were supposed to help and the signs to look for and, and not just not just preventing it, but what what's after it. If that makes sense. What is the aftermath? How do people handle it? How should we deal with it? The emotions felt so real and raw and exposed. These characters felt so vulnerable. Um, and I, in turn, felt so like they were so human. I love the fact that the teacher was invested in the well-being of his students and wanted them to be better because he had been where they were when he was their age. He literally was in their shoes. Mm-hmm. Um, the ending, I loved it. The character of Kevin. So, the artist ends up killing himself, too. Mm. Yeah. And it's sad. Um, but he ends up going to a, the afterlife where his partner, the first kid, is. And that character, Kevin, explains what softness is. That it's power, especially in blackness. And in doing so... He acknowledged every black and brown member of the audience. Okay. Um, and what? And and this is this is the thing that stands in my mind that makes me just like my heart swell for two reasons. So he says, "Would every per will every member of would every person of color in the audience please stand?" So they broke the fourth wall. Right. Right. Okay. And seeing so many members of the audience stand. First of all, the fact that the audiences are also now starting to reflect the people on stage is powerful. Mm -hmm. I love that. Because theater's for everyone, but we need to make sure that that's happening, right? Mm -hmm. But second of all, that message, because the message that was being exchanged, because then that, the character of Kevin was going around and delivering flowers and looking at them and going, you are beautiful and you are loved. Mm 
you are beautiful. And, and I was like, this is a beautiful and powerful moment. And it was, it was moving. So I love this show. This was such a huge win. I, I know we spent so long on this in this episode, but it is that good. Sadly, the show closed on July 17th, 2022. Attended takes us back to one of our favorite theaters, 59E59, where we saw Hooded. This is another great play about the black experience in America. Another really well written uh, show that points out systemic racism against people of color, especially young people of color. It challenges the idea of what is black enough or acting black. Um, and also asks questions regarding cultural appropriation. Um, so you've got two, two boys who get arrested. So that's how we start. One is from the inner, and it's in Baltimore. Okay. Um, well, te- technically it's in the suburb of Baltimore kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. One's from the inner city of Baltimore, one's from a suburb. Okay, the one from the suburb was adopted by a rich white family. Okay. So he doesn't know, I'll say, anything about his culture. He okay. only knows, for lack of a better term, white culture white suburban culture and the kid he's in jail with just you know through the show decides I'm going to basically teach you how to be black and he writes a guide about how to be black he writes a whole handbook falls into the wrong hands falls into the hands of this white kid who wants who thinks he's black wants to be black cultural appropriation mm-hmm. um, things get go from bad to worse when um, the inner city kid brings the suburban kid into the inner city and things go from bad to worse. They end up getting arrested and it's like, oh, oh. No, they end up going home because the white kid who, you know, appropriated the their book. Cul- their culture. Mm-hmm. Um, commits suicide. Oh. And then they start to pin it on the suburban kid because he's a kid of color. And what was he doing with this book? I'm sure you wrote it. Da, 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 da. No, it was this other kid. And the police are like, I don't know who you're talking about. We didn't have any other person. This is all you. I'm just kind of showing that systemic racism that exists. And basically when something goes down, the first person they look at is this, you know. Mm-hmm. Compounding that, you have um, this, their show, them showing the unfair power and influence of rich white people and, and their that effect on society. You know, when the mother shows up, she obviously gets her son. She goes, well, what about this boy? And she just gets him out as well, brings him home, and she just assumes, like, he has never had a good day in his life. Right, or that no one's there to take care of him. Right. Oh, your mom must be working two jobs, and da, 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 you have no love. And she's like, don't worry, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to adopt you. And It's like... She assumes that, the, that that inner city kids have, like, no rights. And it was just, like, disgusting to me because I'm like... Right, that she's, she's, she's doing a good thing for them because she's giving them... Yes, exactly, yeah. exactly. And I was like, if the mom does work two jobs, that doesn't make her a bad mom. And you don't have the right to just take her kid because... Yeah, exactly. 
Um, the set was incredibly simple. Uh, it was constructed out of like cardboard and crushed grape soda cans, and okay. that was fine. Basic lighting, which was good and effective. The use of the laugh light was interesting as we were encouraged to laugh when it was on. There was like a, you know, like a studio audience thing. Mm -hmm. But most of the time, those were the moments when, like, society typically would laugh, but you shouldn't. And that was the commentary. It's like, no, go ahead and laugh. Come on, you're always laughing at things like this. Come on. And it's Mm -hmm. like, no, this isn't funny, though. The costumes were great and on point, and everyone's class and character rich and preppy you know versus inner city like that was all very present mm-hmm. um i really appreciated dealing with the idea that hate and bigotry isn't genetic it's taught especially in regards to the girls the mean girls mm-hmm. oh my god the bigotry that existed the idea that dating a boy of color was like a fad or so taboo that you know we shouldn't you probably just like him because he's black Mm-hmm. You know, it can't just be that I like him. Do you know what I mean? Like, right. Yeah. And, 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 and exaggerating that. Oh, my gosh. Um, so I like that it addressed interracial relationships. Love that they didn't make the inner city character of Drew a character or stereotype. The dumb, loud, speaking on an exaggerated vernacular. And s- instead, it like he had bits of that sprinkled throughout but was really, really intelligent and socially aware of things. You, you mean know? he was like a full person and not a stereotype? Yeah, so like he could, you know, you, you could get that stereotype almost like Tyler Perry character, you know, which does exist in, in some parts of society. But like also it was like, no, I know why things are the way they are. I understand you know, this, that, and the other. I am a well-learned person. I can also go toe-to-toe with this. I am street smart, but I am book smart. And Mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, because that's how most people are. You're not one or the other. Um, The second act was powerful, confronting of racial appropriation. You know, I already went over that. Police brutality. The confronting of white people killing black people was super, super important in this. Um... The ending was incredible. Um, they put up on the wall, they projected the images of all of the people of color who have been murdered recently. Mm. Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, um, Trayvon Martin. I'm trying to think of more, but you know, I can't believe I have to try to think of more. You know, just stop killing black people. Just stop it. Um, and it said, can you bear the weight of the secret? You know, um, it was just so powerful. Such an incredible work. Another, this was a really great piece of black theater. And I love that we're getting more of these. This is incredible. Um, Yeah. Sadly, this show closed on July 3rd, 2022. And this concludes this episode of the Broadway Bulletin. Be sure to tune into our next edition coming out every Tuesday and Saturday. So until next time, I'm Andrew Cortez. And I'm Hope Bird. Reminding you to turn off your cell phones. Unwrap your candies and keep your mask on. And keep talking about the theater. In a stage whisper. Thank you.
If you like what you hear, please leave a five-star review, like, and subscribe. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Stage Whisper Pod. And feel free to reach out to us with your comments and personal stories at stagewhisperpod at gmail.com. Our theme song is Booga Blue by U.S. Army Blues. Other music on this episode provided by Nengdo and Billy Murray. You can also become a patron of our show by logging on to patreon.com slash stagewhisperpod. There you'll find all the information about our backstage pass. Thank you so much for your generosity. We could not do this show without you. <laughs>